welcome to the round table with Abram and Aisha. Hey everyone, welcome back. We are definitely glad to be here. It was, you know, maybe a little struggle getting here, but we are here and the Lord prevailed and he did everything we needed to do. We'll put a disclaimer out there. Normally we do this with our children sleeping, but they are all up right now. So if you hear the background noise, we apologize, but that's family life. So let's uh, get right on into it and see what the Lord has to say today. Um, what are we going to talk about today? Loving the truth. We must love the truth. We must love the truth. And our key scripture is going to be John chapter 8, verse 32. And what is the truth? Pilate actually asked that question to Jesus. What is truth? He did. And, I mean. He was he was talking to the truth, actually. Really? Yeah. You know. The, the truth is the word. The truth is the living word, which is Jesus. Yeah, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's right. Yep. That's the long and short of it. Yeah. Um, a week ago. Oh, well, let's read the, the scripture. The scripture was John chapter 8, verse 32. I like to read 31 and 32. Can you read it? No, you go ahead because I'm not even there. Okay. It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I was, a week ago, I was praying. Um, in fact, it was last Monday. I was in prayer, and I was just talking to the Lord, having a good time. And then he began to, he brought a certain person to my heart. And I was really shocked, actually, that he brought this person to my heart because I don't know this person very well. Um, I have heard of this person, but I don't know him, know this person. And so um, I'm like, well, Lord, why, do you, why are you bringing this person to me? Well, he begins to show me something concerning this person. And he wanted me to pray. But as I, so as I did this, um, the Lord began to say to me, let me get my notepad out. He began to say to me, we must love the truth. And I knew what he was saying pertained to this person, but it also pertains to a, a lot of people. He said, we must love the truth. Some of us, some people refuse to get closer to the Lord because of something that happened to them in their life or something that happened to a family member that they're really close to. It could also be a friend. But he says, because they don't understand what happened, why, why it happened, or the cause of it, then, and because they love this person so much, it hinders them from coming, from drawing closer to the Lord, for truly just giving their life over to him. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you just said something that was interesting. You said they love that person so much. Mm -hmm. What did Jesus say about loving your brother, your mother, your sister, your mm -hmm. friend? You yeah. must love Jesus, you must love the Father more. In contrast, it must almost be as a hate. So we're already um, off in that regard when we put our love for someone above God. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it, probably getting ahead of myself, but a lot of it is probably guilt. Because what, and the reason why I say that is because what he showed me about a time that I went through, and I'll, I'll share that too. Um, because it all coincides with, with everything. And I truly believe that it's going to help this person and whoever else needs to hear it. I won't be mentioning this person's name because 
it doesn't need to be mentioned, but I believe God. Uh, we've been praying about this for an entire week, and I believe that the Lord will make sure that this person receives this message. And I hope that this person knows that the Lord is, um, he's wanting you. And he's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. Because I don't know you. I don't know you very well, but he has a word for you, and he wants you to completely and totally surrender your life to him so that he can heal you and so that he can deliver you. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, but he said, um, because of something that happened to our family member or to us or to, you know, someone that was really close, someone that we really loved. And uh, so it hinders, it hinders us from drawing closer to the Lord. And he says, we don't love the truth. He says, we blame God um, for it. Because we think in our minds, oh, you could have did something about this, or you could have stopped it, or or uh, why did this have to happen, so forth and so on. He says we must hold on to the word of God and let the truth make us free. Ask the Lord to heal your heart. He will not disappoint. And as I was... Um, as I was in here and, in, and the Lord is talking to me, he reminded me about a time in my life that was very difficult for me. And I'm going to share it with you and maybe it'll resonate with some of you, some of the listeners. But seven years ago, unless, Abram, you have something to say first before I get No, going. go ahead. Get into it. Okay. Seven years ago, uh, almost seven years ago, in 2013, Abram and I were fasting. We were on a 40-day fast together as a couple. And... It was, I will never forget this. It was the 33rd day of my fast, of our fast. And I received a call that my 33-year-old, you see the numbers, <laughs> that my 33-year-old brother was murdered. And nobody wants to hear that type of call. But it, it rattled me. It rattled me. And I had so many questions First of all, I was in shock because you, you, you don't expect to hear that, you know. Um, and then, what, you had something to say? No, I'm just thinking of that, the moment of hearing those type of, uh, that news. Yeah, it was, it was something. But I think the thing that got me the most was, Lord, I was fasting. Why didn't I get a warning? Why didn't I get an a, a inkling to, to pray? You know, I mean, this is the time that I'm drawing close to you. I am, um, I am in your presence constantly, but yet I had no, no understand. I had no warning, no nothing to, to even pray for my brother. You know, um, that was very, that was very, very difficult, very difficult for me. And not many people know how much I struggle with that. Cause I didn't really say anything to anybody. And of course, you know, my husband, my my spiritual parents, you know, those around me who love me and praying for me, of course, they're trying to comfort. They're trying to, um, they're telling me the truth. But you know what? I'm going to have to be honest with you. I wasn't trying to hear anything that they said. It was nothing that they could say to comfort me at that time. Because I didn't understand why did this have to happen and then why was I not warned so that I could pray? I have prayed for so many people and, and the Lord has brought so many people to me at a time and I would pray and I, then I would see the Lord do a work in their life. No different than what has happened this past Monday, you know, this, the Lord bringing this person to my mind and I'm 
fervently praying for this person. And I didn't understand why didn't this happen to my brother? You know, my husband, my parents, my spiritual parents, they, they gave me some explanation. I, and I wholeheartedly believe that was the case. But at that time, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. I was, it was a struggle and it was a deep struggle. And, and you know, the accuser of the brethren, the devil, oh, he's right there now because see guilt began, began to, um, set in. I began to think about all the different things that I could have done to help my brother. Um, because I knew here's the thing. I knew that my brother was not living a lifestyle righteous to the Lord. I knew that. And before we even got all the details of the case and went down to New Orleans and all of this, I already knew that he was not living a lifestyle. So now I have to, I have to come to grips that my brother could very well possibly have possibly have died and go to and go into hell. That was difficult, y'all. I never denied that part. I never, I never, um, I never tried to act like that wasn't so. But it was like, why, Lord? Why didn't you tell me? Why did you warn me? I was fasting. I was closer to you. This was the prime time to do it. And, um, and so it, it made it very difficult. And like I said, condemnation comes in, guilt comes in. You start to replay all the different things that you did say or have not said. I mean, you just go on and on and on. Abram was trying to talk to me. He was trying to comfort me. He was trying to, you know, um, to kind of get me out of it. I think he could see. Do you remember that time? I remember. What were you thinking? I was just, you know, you try to be a good husband and, you know, a righteous man and trying to just help where you can. And whatever word is in you at that time, you, okay, Lord, I need to help my wife because I've never gone through this. She's never gone through this. And I know she's hurting. And I was like, man, we can raise the dead, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like anything, Lord, help us. And that was pretty much my mindset and how I felt like I could help because it was it was tough. It was tough. It was tough. And it was a emotional mind battle that I went through. Um, but and also because I knew um, the Lord had spoke to me and, and he said some things to me that if I would help out. If I would minister to certain people that he will he won't forget about my family, and I felt like he did, yeah, and that's just the honest thing of it. I felt like he did and i and I didn't understand why, and it was a battle to hold on to the truth. It probably shook my faith i've I've been through a lot of different things in my life, but I think that probably shook my faith or tried to shake my faith as much as possible, but thank God I had enough in me, and I believe because I was fasting too. You know, um, yeah. How would you have been had you not? Had I not been? You know, that's the other side of it. it. It is. It is hindsight. Now I can look back and I say, well, thank God I was fasting because that was such devastating news, yeah. and I, I saw the struggle of me trying to get over this. You know, um, but I remember praying a simple prayer. It was nothing eloquent. It was nothing, you know, long. I remember laying in the bed. Abram was trying to talk to me. I can't even remember what he said. My mind was not on anything that he said. My mind was not anything on what my pastor said. It was not on, it was nothing that anybody could say to help me. And I finally just said, Lord, I'm hurting. Heal me. I, it was a prayer. It was, 
I said it quietly. I remember tears streaming down my face as I'm laying in the bed and I, I, I go to sleep that way with just that simple prayer, Lord, I'm hurting, help me. And I think a lot of times when we're rejecting the truth, a lot of it is because we 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 feel guilty. Maybe um, we didn't do everything that we know we could have. Maybe we just got in an argument with that person. Maybe we've treated that person wrong. We love the person, but maybe we didn't agree with, with their lifestyle. Or maybe we didn't agree with what, what was going on. And and because that you have regret. And that's really a lot of it. You, you're you regretting how things happen. And then when you get a, a sudden thing and you don't get a chance to, to redo, mm-hmm. you know, um, then you're, you're grasping at straws to try to make sense of everything and to, to try to move on with your life. But the only way that you're going to be free from it is what this word says. You must hold on to the truth. You must love the truth. I had to love the truth, and it was so difficult at that time to love it. But I prayed that prayer, Lord, I'm hurting. Heal me. And that next morning when I got up, I already knew, I already knew that the Lord had did something just in the middle of that night. But he spoke to me. And he said to me that next morning, he said, I am a covenant-keeping God. And I knew exactly why the Lord said that to me. Because remember, I told you that Lord and I had a covenant with each other concerning some things, concerning my family member and all of that. And he said to me, I am a covenant-keeping God. And I knew right then and there that the Lord kept up his bargain of the deal. He's a covenant keeping God. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I knew that he did his part. So what does that mean? I knew that he went after my brother to try to, um, draw him close to him. I knew that he even, even, and I can, I can say this even to the point of death. I knew that my, my father in heaven did his part. The only thing I don't know is that if my brother received it or not, but when he said that to me, it, it helped me. It freed me because I knew that I could, that I knew that I could rely on Jesus. Cause at this point, when you get that type of news, when something happens to your, to a family member and, and you think about this person and you think about, man, he's such a good person. You know, this is, my, my brother was a, anybody who knew my brother knows that he was, uh, such a good hearted person, give you the shirt off his back. I mean, just a really good guy, but good doesn't get you all into heaven. People, you have to call on the name of Jesus and you have to receive him. I don't know if my brother received him or not at that last minute before, before the gun went out. I don't know that. And guess what? I may not ever know that in this time because some things the Bible says in Deuteronomy, the secret things belong to the Lord. But what I do know is that the truth, Jesus, the covenant keeping God never changes, never changes. And he always upholds his end of the bargain. So for you, if something happened in your life or something happened to someone that, that you love and you're, you've been trying to get over it in your, in your best way, but you're hindering your relationship with the Lord because maybe that person lived a lifestyle that you know is not, 
in accordance with the truth. Maybe mm-hmm. you heard the truth concerning it and 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 now you are faced with it. But yet because of your own regrets that you have in your life, you don't want to accept it. Jesus says, my word is truth. You must love the truth because only the truth will make you free. And he is calling after you because he sees you. He sees the struggles that you have. He sees everything that you're going through. He sees it. He sees that you're trying to navigate through life. Navigate through life. And he's telling you, hold on to me. Ask me to heal you. I don't typically cry, but I felt you. I felt you last Monday when the Lord brought you to me. I felt what you've been going through. And he's telling you, turn to me. Don't go anywhere else. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. I'll heal your hurt. You're not going to understand everything in this life. You're not going to understand everything and why things happen. But understand this. It's Satan that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus comes so that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Yeah, John 10, 10. <laughs> Sorry, Abram. I know I'm taking over it. Okay. I, that was my scripture, so it's okay. <laughs> you, you said it. But. God is not to blame for what has ever happened in your life. He's the one that saves, delivers, and sets free. Call on him. Hold on to the truth. I could not have made it seven years ago. And then you know what the funny thing is? In my family, at that time, I really was the only one truly serving the Lord. I was truly the only one serving the Lord in in my family. I'm not talking about my husband's family, but in my family, my sisters were all out there. My, my brothers, I mean, my father, I was on this, you know, boat alone and Satan tried his very best to knock me off, to not hold on to that truth because he knew that if he could, then he could destroy the work that the Lord was doing in my household. See, we don't see everything that the Lord is doing. It wasn't until after my brother passed. Uh, it, it wasn't until after my brother's murder that the Lord began to bring my other siblings in. And you may say, well, did it have to take all of that? Well, apparently so. But make no mistake about it. It was not God's fault that my brother was murdered. That was not his fault. And I could not blame God on it. And when I held on to the truth, he healed me. And he did things that I still marvel at today. My sisters came in. I was by myself. He began to draw my sisters in, Jamila and Kisa. I got a report from my father just the other day talking about the talking about how he's he's free and he's delivered and he's saved because of the blood of Jesus. 
You don't know what the Lord has planned for your life. If I did not hang on to the truth over seven years ago, my uh, almost seven years ago, where would the rest of my family be? Where would they be? Think about that. Some of you may have someone that you highly respect. And you, you, you respect this person so much and you respect the doctrine of that person. But the doctrine of that person is not the true and living word of God. If it's not the true and living word of God, you must love the truth. You have to reject it. You have to reject it because it's only going to be the truth that makes you free. Only the truth will make you free. And who the son sets free is free indeed. Oh my gosh, he has so much in store for you. My God, my God, my God. Can we just, can we just pray? Abram, I know this is a different podcast. It ain't what it normally is. It's the Holy Ghost, so go ahead. Father, we just come before you with thanksgiving in our heart. Lord, you're so, so good to us. You go after us when we have rejected you time and time again. You go after us when we put up walls because we don't want to deal with it. You don't leave us alone. Your mercy and your truth endures forever. Lord, I know that you are going after this particular person you brought to me last Monday. And I know that you're going after to every person that needs you, Lord, because only, only, only we can come to the Father except the Spirit draws us. Father, I pray right now for those who right now don't love the truth as they should. Lord, they're broken, they're hurting, and they may show it in different ways. If they're a man, they may show it in, 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 you know, men don't usually cry and do all of that. Women may go after other things, but Father, they're hurting. Lord, I ask that you reach out to them and you heal their broken heart. Draw them by your spirit, Father. Let this word resonate in their heart, Father. Not in their head, but in their heart, Lord. That they'll call upon the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for delivering them. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Your love, Jesus. Your unconditional love. And thank you, Father, for giving them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, doesn't seem uh, there needs to be much dialogue after this. So we'd like to thank you for joining us, and we trust that the Lord has touched your hearts.